This is Success Beyond the Score, giving insights and tips to help you learn how to build your music career from the best in the field by Millicent Stevenson. Millicent is a multi-award winning saxophonist and endorser of Harry Hartman's Fiber Reads. She is currently serving on the Executive Committee of the Musicians' Union. With over 40 years experience in the creative industry, Millicent has honed her performance and business skills. She provides personal development training and coaching via her online platform, successbeyondthescore.com. Hi, and welcome back to Success Beyond the Score. I'm Millicent Stevenson, and today we continue the interview with Abigail Kelly. She's going to let us know about how she coped with some of those career lows, the things that happened during lockdown, the nice side of touring and uh, dealing with the mundane. And of course, she's going to give her five tips to help you build your music career. By the way, you will notice a slight difference in the sound quality of the interview. That's because at the moment, because of coronavirus and social distancing requirements, the interview took place using Zoom over the internet, but the content is A+. Here is Abigail Kelly. We've heard great highs from your career, but I just wondered, have there, any, have there been hurdles or any sort of major lows, not just for this year, but in trying to make it as a female soprano, operatic soprano, has there been any sort of barriers or anything that you've experienced that? I find that, first of all, the operatic industry, it, it's huge. There are six, seven huge music colleges across the UK, all churning out singers every single year. Uh, you know, as well as all of the other conservatories in the world that churn out opera singers constantly, constantly. So the the perception that there aren't many opera singers out there, or it's, you know, it might be quite rare to, to meet an opera singer, but there are a whole load of us out there at any one given time. Okay. <laughs> all, all vying for the same jobs. So you just have to have that that, you know, that element of resilience and just yeah. say, I am I there may be hurdles, but I'm going to try my best to overcome them. I think for me personally, in terms of lows in my career, have only really been when I'm not doing, it's only been when I've not really been doing anything at all. Mm. So that the first few years outside of music college, when I came out of music college, I started working for English Touring Opera straight away. I was in work was like this is fantastic this is great um and then after a while it's sort of you know I, I went for many 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 auditions for various opera companies for various agents and I just wasn't really I wasn't getting anything I wasn't getting um the kind of work that I thought I should be getting I wasn't um yeah and I I look back on that now and I just think to myself, well, it was, it was because I wasn't ready. That, it, that wasn't my time right then. I needed to just keep plugging away, keep going. You know, there were so many Jamaican phrases that come to my head and so many things that my, my mother would say to me. Uh, even now, you know, there are 
there are gigs that I get that I know I know that I am sort of like fourth person down on a list of however many people to kind of get through a few people before I'm gotten to for Mm. a gig Mm. I don't feel any way about that the fact that I they got to me through that list means that that gig was always meant to be mine somehow cosmically it was always meant to be for me Mm. um and and I feel that way about every single knockback about every single successful audition I have about every single um stepping into a role because someone is ill I feel that way about all of it and it's brilliant to ride high on the crest of a wave when you're feeling like you're doing really really well but it's also really important to acknowledge um acknowledge what it feels like when you're when you're not working to the level that you want to be working at just means that hey you know you've got time to therefore work on something else work on your your mental health, work on your physical health and well-being, work on your family surroundings, you know, get your, get that picture that you wanted to put up on your wall, put yeah. up, you know, you can be yeah. working on, on other things. Yeah. Uh, so hurdle wise, I, I don't know. I, it, it sounds a bit weird to say that I don't, I try not to see hurdles. Mm. I'm like that person who, um, you know, you see these YouTube clips, these silly clips sometimes. Um, the 200 meters hurdles is something oh, yeah. that I love watching. I just find it's so interesting. Uh, and there's this sort of technique to it where if you clear the first one, then you're on a roll, you clear the next one, you clear the next one, you get, and, it's, and it's great. When you clear the first one and then you hit the next one, it takes you out of your stride and then you start hitting the next one and hitting the next one and hitting the next one. What I would rather do is just take myself off that track with all the hurdles on, Yeah. just scooch over to the left-hand side, run on the piece of grass that has no <laughs> hurdles, that may be a little bit slower than the tarmac with the yeah. hurdles on, but there aren't any hurdles. Yeah. So I'm not gonna see them. I'm just gonna keep running. I'm gonna see them out of the corner of my eye, maybe acknowledge them. Um, maybe acknowledge them as future Abigail acknowledging the past hurdles that have been, but I'm not <laughs> going to see them right now. I'm going to keep my eye on that right. finish line. I'm just going to keep keep going on the slow grass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you find a way. So you say it doesn't matter how you get there, you'll get there. You know, mm. and if it means there's a bit of a detour, you'll take that detour. You'll get yeah, that's what I'll take the detour say. and I'll take the slow path. And yeah. if, you know, if I have to stop for a little bit of water or someone has to come along and help me a couple of steps on the way, then that's, that's my path. That's my path. Um, But yeah, I'm not diminishing the fact that there are hurdles that I, you know, as we discussed earlier on, there are massive hurdles in everything in life, you know, financial situations, home life situations. I am very fully aware that I have, you know, I'm a, a, a person of a certain age that I don't have um, dependents. Uh, so I have been gifted a, a certain amount of extra time that I'm, you know, not spending looking after somebody. I'm not spending um, worrying about childcare or picking somebody up from school or, you know, th- that sort of logistics mm. of life. Um, that that for some people can be a, a hurdle, and um, especially in the musical industry when you're when you're touring a lot. You know, I I acknowledge that at some point 
I'm going to probably feel like I am on the track with all of the hurdles and it's going to feel really difficult and really feel like I'm going to have to jump over it. But I'm going to remember this conversation I had with you and just remember that <laughs> run on the grass is what I need to do. But yeah, I, I just, uh, I, I think that, like I said before, if it's, I'm trying to remember that phrase that my mom says, um, what, uh, what is feel can be unfeel? That's it. Oh, yeah, what yeah, is for you, can be unfeel. And that's how I feel about life in general. Wow, wow. wow. Well, you mentioned touring because I know you've gone to Johannesburg, you've been to the Cayman Islands, you've been to Germany, you've been to all sorts of places doing all sorts of wonderful stuff. But how does it feel when you get off the plane, you're returning home, get off that plane, you get in a train, a coach, wherever, you get back to the West Midlands or wherever your home is for that time and you turn the key and you get home. How does it feel to get back to the mundane? You know, washing up those dishes and doing your laundry and going shopping. <laughs> I mean, what, <laughs> because, of course, See you've been the- on a stage with everybody applauding you. Abigail, you're wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> See, the thing is, is the mundane never stops that's the that's the trick of the whole it's the it's the great i call it the great con that my my operatic life and my touring life and all of that to the outside world looking in must you know must seem really glamorous it is not glamorous at all oh my goodness some of the dressing rooms that I have been in, I just go, oh my gosh, I have no mirror. How am I going to do my makeup? What am I going to yeah. wear the lights? What is it? You know, it's the mundane is a continuous thing that follows you no matter if you are in Johannesburg. No matter. And sometimes, you know, I remember the, the gig I did in Johannesburg actually was one of the most, was actually one of the more glamorous things I did. Um, and uh, it, that it, yeah it was it was lovely it was quite it was quite something I stayed so I was invited to uh I was invited to Johannesburg to perform with Opera South Africa uh and I was invited by the Jamaican consulate over there and I was put up with the the Jamaican diplomat of um of Johannesburg so I stayed in her lovely diplomats get real nice houses they get put up in some fancy places when they live in certain countries um so I stayed with her in Pretoria and it was just like a really lovely house she had a personal trainer who'd come over so I was like well fine I'm here I might as well do you know I there was a little swimming pool and all of that sort of stuff and that's all great and wonderful and fantastic but still you know there are gigs that are nowhere near as glamorous as what's that the, at all. What's the worst? What's the worst that you've had? Mm. What's the worst? I can't even <laughs> I can't think. There have definite there have definitely been, like I said about dressing rooms, there have definitely been dressing rooms where there are either no mirrors, <laughs> which when you're when you're supposed to go on stage and do a full face and all of that sort of stuff <laughs> is a little bit <laughs> there's nowhere to put your makeup or anything it's just like you've got your makeup balanced yeah. on your knees and just sort of like trying to do something in a in a bathroom you know the amount of um toilet cubicles that I've had to change into like into a full dressing you know big old ball gown changing and this woman comes out of this you know she's like looking you up and down like you're mad and you're like just wandering around in a big old ball dress yeah but those are the 
I, I love the juxtaposition of that though, because the, the idea, and I do it too. I watch people mm. who are working at the Met and I watch people who are at the Scala and I go, oh my God, they must lead such glamorous lives. And I know fully well that they probably don't because I don't, but I mean, it's a whole different level, but I don't. And I, you know, <laughs> you know, the, the, the funny, crazy stuff that happens uh, behind the scenes. And I think, that keeps me grounded as well. <laughs> um, the gigs that are, they are not necessarily glamorous, but they are mm. so fun. Are mm. things where you are, are putting on an opera in an outdoor tent in the middle of a field and okay. you've got porty cabins and your dressing room is just a tent on the other side of the field and there's no electricity and stuff like that. I just is wonderful because it's just so fun and it's so character building as well you know you're in your wellies and a ball gown then is that what it is oh yeah me and my wellies <laughs> and a ball gown I love I love that kind of thing I just think it's so fun and I think it's so down to earth and yeah. if people uh if people could see that side of of the operatic world they'd go yeah this is actually you know this is this is quite something else this is quite fun um yeah there's a yeah combination some some glamorous not some not so glamorous yeah I think my um in terms of dressing rooms I was doing a wedding in a in a wedding uh, invite um, e event so a wedding location in the south of England so um it's just a really small sort of very very nice, everything that you need there. But I had to change in a cupboard and there was chairs and tables, no mirror, no lighting. My husband had to stand by the door so no one would come in. <laughs> and I'm there squeezing into my dress and fixing up. Oh it was crazy. I think I took a picture of it. I meant to do a blog or a post on it. I somewhere in the camera, but it was abs I mean, we had to make space in the cupboard. There were chairs stacked this high and That's tables brilliant. and brilliant but the but the location was fantastic but I had to change yeah it. <laughs> yeah this is the thing I did um one of the one of the in-person things I did this year which was so so cool um I performed inside Birmingham Museum and Art Gallery um some you know some arias operatic arias and I had this wedding dress on and it was all kind of cute you know cute yeah. and inside the gallery itself and it was just yeah. like oh, I'm singing in the gallery and it's lovely yeah. and then I went to go and get out of my costume it's just a little cupboard with all sorts of items everywhere and you're sort of trying to take everything off like you know yeah it's uh it's uh not always as glamorous as it no, seems to no. be. <laughs> for anyone who's wanting to have a full-time career in music what were the sort of tips that you would give oh now i'm gonna i'm gonna do two tips my first two tips are going to be um, extremely contradictory. <laughs> so my first okay. tip would be uh, to have a side hustle so that you have something that you are, that is, you know, responsible for your, your main source of income while you're, while you're, you know, working on your musical career. For me, that was teaching. Mm -hmm. I was very, very lucky that it was teaching singing and teaching music. So it was, you know, accompanied what I was um, trying to achieve. Yeah. And it's something that I love doing. 
And it's something that I continue to do now. So I, you know, teaching is my side hustle. It's not really my side hustle anymore. It's, you know, a big, big, huge part of my career. Um, my second tip is going to totally contradict that tip, which is don't have a safety blanket. Because if you do uh -huh. have a safety blanket or a safety net, then you will always uh -huh. have something to fall back on. And you might not kind of go, I'm going to, I have to do this. Otherwise I have nothing else. So, and I think those two pieces of advice are, are for two, you know, two different types of people. Mm. Um, I needed a, I needed a safety blanket because I'm that kind of person that, that, that for me, I wouldn't, I don't gamble. I'm not that kind of, you know, put it all on red and just go for it all. <laughs> yeah. I would be like, yeah, I'm just going to split it, you know, put it some on red, some on black. That's my personality. But for some people, when they need that, that final push, that big thing that is going to make them do the thing that they've always wanted to do, take the safety net away. Just, just go for it wholeheartedly. Um, my third tip is know your stuff be mm. be on it all the time that's something that i've been discussing a lot with people uh this year i have a fear of turning up at a rehearsal and not knowing my stuff mm. not knowing the words not knowing the music feeling feeling uh like i haven't done my job feeling inadequate but you know the amount of rehearsals that i've turned up to where there's somebody else in the room who has not opened the score has not looked at it this that and the other blah 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 <laughs> um and i just i i kind of go firstly i think wow you are brave <laughs> secondly i think i hope you're not gonna waste that time <laughs> and then thirdly i'm like um yeah you know the the energy the, the you know the the positive energy that you must exude to believe that that's what you can do to walk into a room <laughs> without having prepped I bow down to that energy because that is some confidence there that I do not have but I I would say know your stuff know your stuff know your stuff practice practice learn your repertoire um learn just you know know who you are as a performer maybe is number four actually learn who you are as a performer as a performer I'm the kind of person who is um I throw myself into everything wholeheartedly I know how I like to come across on at you know at a workshop Mm -hmm. compared with how I come across when I'm teaching individuals compared with how I come across when I'm teaching youngsters so I I have I'm not saying I've got like loads of different versions of Abigail that walk into a different room in you know a different way but I I definitely know what I want to get across depending on what I'm doing and you know what I you know what I want to achieve so know who you are as an artist no that that's also the way you the way you hold yourself the way you walk practice all of those things you walk into an audition know how you're going to walk into that audition bring the energy that you want to bring for that audition and then own it um know what you want to wear know how you want to represent you know i i chose today to put on this and to put on these and to you know that um uh, know who you are and know what you want to exude for years i thought 
I'm an opera singer, so therefore I have to wear a scarf and I have to wear a jacket and a suit and I have to put my hair up and I have to do this, that and the other. And actually that is not who I am all the time. Be who you are, know who you are as an artist because you as an individual bring something extremely different and special to whatever genre of music it is that you are breaking into. And that's when people are gonna go, I'm interested in that person. I'm not interested in this person being a version of everything else I've seen. I am interested in that person being exactly what they are. Um, and fifth one. Oh, I'm gonna say, don't take it too seriously. That is a, and that, mm. that contradicts almost all the rest of the things that I said. But, <laughs> you know, like we were joking about the fact that we, we go off and we do gigs and there's no dressing room. That's like, it, that's, there's, it's A, it's kind of on one hand, it's not cool. But on the other hand, it's the sort of thing that you just go, hey, you know what, this is, this is what I'm having to deal with today. I'm going to get on with it. I'm going to get through it. And it's not mm. going to affect my performance. My performance is rock solid because I did tip number four, which was to, you know, tip number three, which was to practice and know your stuff. So, <laughs> you know, don't take stuff too seriously. Don't take it yeah. too seriously yeah. is what I would say. Yeah, that, that's absolutely fantastic. I think I have one little thing I wanted to squeeze in just before we wrap up. Mm. And that is uh, back on to know your stuff. You say you have to learn lots and lots and lots of stuff for oh my gosh, to yes. do an opera three hours. Oh, What's God, your yeah. sort of tips for memorizing that lot oh. of information? Well, <laughs> so I would say that when you're memorizing things, there are so many memory techniques that you can use. So you've got your muscle memory, which is just, if, if it's words, for example, or, or piano or whatever instrument it mm. is that you're, you're doing, mm. obviously the more you physically practice it, the more that your muscles will just get used to doing, you know, used to doing what they, what you want them to do. Um, I would say then you've got mental memory, which mm -hmm. is where, if you just have it running in the back of your if, in the back of your head, just over and over and over and on a, on a loop, and the way I the way I do that is I very often record myself either saying lines or I record myself um, speaking the words to the the either the song or the aria or whatever it is in whatever language it is in rhythm, so that. I don't then have to tire my voice out by repeating ah. it out loud all the time because yeah. uh, otherwise it just ugh, it takes a it takes a toll so I have my voice but it's an external source which means that I can get on with washing up get on with doing the hoovering get on with you know walking to walking to work and you know doing all of that sort of stuff yeah. uh, so those are those those two and then one that's a bit of a combination of the two is I write it down, I write it out. I go, um, I write it down a few times. I will either leave it in a notebook and then I will turn the page and I will write it out again until it is totally just in my mind, mem mind memory and in my written muscle memory as well. Mm. Um, that's, those are the techniques that work for me. But I, I think that's because when I was, you know, I went to dance school when I was four years old and I was, 
immediately had to learn a dance routine, not only learn the dance routine facing in one direction, but then we would be asked to start it again on the other foot, on the other side of the room and going in the opposite direction. So that was conditioning from a very, very early age to do left brain, right brain stuff. Um, so write stuff down. I would also say that make it the last thing you look at at night. Yeah. Just look at it at night, mm. put it down, go to sleep, look at it the next morning, go about your business. Because you know, your brain, when it sleeps, it processes all of the information that you, you did in the day. It processes everything. So when you're feeling like you're memorizing something and it's not going well, put it down have the rest of the day, go to sleep, wake up the next day, it will be in there somehow. So those are my, those are my memory tips. Yeah. Now, I know I've seen one of your books or a couple of your books when I visited you once, you showed me what you had to memorize, but just for the listeners, I mean, if you've got one close by, you can show it for those who are watching oh, the video. But if, you, if not, how many pages five. are we talking? How many, talking page, about 500 how many pages? pages roughly? 500 pages about, <laughs> yeah, 500 pages of Italian. Man, wow. it's a lot. It's a wow. lot. And you get to the point, I get mm. to the point often where it sends me a little bit loopy, where I will mm. go to sleep and I will sort of get stuck in a weird loop where the beginning of the opera, and it always happens, I always come back to Marriage of Figaro because it's always that one that it happens to. I will start at the beginning <laughs> of the opera and it will go in my head and then I'll go, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I can't sleep, I can't sleep, I can't sleep, until I have gone through the entirety of the opera in my head at speed. And then eventually I'll go and go to sleep. But yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a lot to cram in. But the amazing thing is, is that you do, you have to do that so many, with so many different things overlapping each other that I've, I've spent a month memorizing something that if you, if you gave me the book now, I would open it and go, I can't remember how this goes. I have no idea how this goes. And then you have to start the process all over again. So but it, oh it will be God. in there. It will be in there yeah. somehow. It will just, you know, the floodgates will open. It will be all back again. But you, yeah. the amount of the amount of information that you have to take in and then throw yeah. out. Because I will often do the same opera in either Italian. I will do that opera again in English. And then I will do the opera again in maybe a totally different English translation. So that's three vying versions of the same thing wow. going on in your head and bits and pieces of it that you remember from other other performances that you've done of it and oh my gosh it's um it's something fish oils I have a lot of fish oils that helps with the memory as well. <laughs> that's fantastic so listen where can people find out more about you maybe check out if you've got another show going maybe check out if you've got stuff out on YouTube where's yeah. the go-to place for them to do that uh well at the moment on YouTube, you can have a look for um, uh, an online children's singing lesson that was with English Touring Opera. Um, I also did an opera for children that's about 10 minutes long based on a children's book called We Have a Plan. That's on YouTube as well with English Touring Opera 2. I've just done a really highlight of my year. I've just done a really fantastic, um, if I do say so to myself, um, choral Christmas concert with the London Symphony Orchestra, which was just a, oh, an 
unbelievable experience. That's on YouTube. Uh, have Ooh. a look at Choral Christmas Concert um, LSO, London Symphony Orchestra. Um, I am not quite on Twitter at the moment, but I will be coming back to Twitter, I am sure. So you can find me on at Abigail Kelly Sop on there. And uh, yeah, I think that's that's it. You'll probably uh, just see me walking around Birmingham for the, <laughs> for the rest of that. That's where you can find me right now, walking around Birmingham. <laughs> Those tips for memorizing music. Uh, yeah, I'm going to try that out, actually. <laughs> I just want to thank Abigail for a great interview, and I hope that her tips have helped you too. Now, please tune in again next time where I interview another guest on Success Beat on the Score. Who's it going to be? Well, you're going to have to wait to find out. But I will be advertising it on my website, MillicentStevenson.com, SuccessBeyondTheScore.com. And of course, if you check out my social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, can't think of all the others, but they're there. Uh, there'll be adverts there as to who the next person is. And of course, while you're waiting, check out some of the previous episodes, maybe re-listen to Abigail, see what else you can pick up. And grab yourself a free copy of my e-booklet, Revealed. 25 Secrets of the Successful Gigging Musician, Singer, Rapper and Spoken Word Artist, which you can download from successbeyondthescore.com. I think that's it. Bye for now. See you soon.